0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets, and I am excited to have my guest, Jessica Raphael. Hey, Jessica.
1: Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm a huge fan.
0: Yes, yes. Well, we work together, and it's very fun to be able to talk about today's topic, which we were We were just saying before we got on the air that it's actually very therapeutic. But we're going to talk about today because um, it's something that these are examples of We um, encounter these all the time with clients and prospects and just want to talk about it just to educate our audience and anyone that might be listening who is thinking about hiring a PR agency. So we're going to talk about top 10 or more or less myths about hiring a PR agency or working with a public relations agency. Before we get into that, Jess, let's just talk about your background, how we know each other, and how we got started working together. So I'll let you go first. Okay.
1: Um, So my background is in uh, telecommunications, media, and society. I got my degree from the University of Florida, which is actually where we met.
0: Go Gators!
1: Yeah, go Gators! So Lisa was my professor um, on social PR, which I just... I tell everybody all the time, I fell in love with the course, I fell in love with you, you were just awesome, um, and I think, like, end of my senior year, I reached out, you sponsored my um, senior project, and that's kind of how we linked up, and then after I graduated, we started working together,
0: and it's been blissful ever since. It has, it has, we've, um, <laughs> I mean, it was It was um, an experience teaching you social media management, and then having you... Um, work one-on-one on your senior project was very insightful and it just it was actually um very rewarding to see uh, what how you could apply not just from my course but from the other courses at university of florida and putting together a social media management um, strategy and plan and actually doing it in real life and getting um your client results so
1: yeah yeah it was a real unique experience because at the time i was working in pr so it was everything i was learning in real time was i was applying so yeah and
0: actually before we get into the top 10 myths just to talk a little bit about public relations and university of florida's program in the college of journalism so not that we're biased or playing favorites Mm -hmm. or anything but the uf College of Journalism PR program is one of the best, if not the best, in the United States. And the reason I say that is because, um, well, I, I went through it myself. That's where I graduated from. And being an agency owner, I come get tons of different resumes and interviewing different talent. And by far, resumes, people that come out of University of Florida, with their experience with the College of Journalism and PR are it's it. It's like a night and day difference. And yeah. what University of Florida does that other colleges don't. And not to say that the co- other colleges, I'm not saying that they're bad or anything. But you can do this on your own. You if you're in, if you're interested in public relations and you're not going to University of Florida, definitely make sure you do two to three internships and get real life experience in a public relations atmosphere while you're in college. That way, when you graduate college, it's as if you have. Um, The experience of, let's say, somebody one to two years out of school, because that's the difference. Like when you graduated UF, you basically graduated with, which was the equivalent of you being out of school for two years in experience wise.
1: Yeah, everything felt super hands on. And, you know, I went through the online program, um, which at the time was still kind of, I think, like new. They were still working out their kinks, but it was incredible because I could work day to day in PR and, bring that experience with me to my class and then also take everything that I was learning in real time and turn it around and apply it to client situations. So it's a situ- it's a you know an experience that I would not trade for the world and um, I this episode is not sponsored by the University of Florida but go Gators. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely highly endorse it.
0: Yes, and if you're thinking about majoring in public relations or transitioning into that profession I was actually just giving advice to one of my friends who their son is um, thinking about majoring in public relations and just helping pick classes and they were asking me what is what does public relations mean and and it it's very it's such a gray area and so many Mm -hmm. people can have different definitions of it I mean it could mean influencer marketing it could mean special events Um, so you have to and I actually to be honest didn't really understand the true definition, what exactly public relations was, even after I graduated, it was still kind of like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Like I, there's different verticals you can go into. So yeah, yeah, just getting your feet wet in different types of public relations is something that I would recommend. And there's free classes you can even take on like Skillshare um, or webinars just to kind of, you know, learn about it if you're thinking about getting into it
1: yeah i agree and i think that what sets public relations apart is that you know like you mentioned there's so many different avenues to it um it's literally the business of persuading people and building relationships and there's just so many different ways to go about that so if you're interested there's a lot of different avenues that you can explore
0: definitely definitely and what we do at the buyer group and Jess and I, you know, our experience in public relations, um, in a nutshell, it's really clients come to us. They, they they're looking to get editorial type of coverage. So getting thought leadership type of art of articles, getting their products, um, possibly, you know, included in roundups and, um, a variety of different ways to get in the news, to get part of the news. And part of our strategy isn't just reaching out to the journalists. We also include, you know, that we can as brands be the news and you can be right. the media. So it's a, it's a little bit of a blend. So clients come to us sometimes just looking for a traditional media outreach and we're like, Hey, we could also do this. And this is what we recommend. And some come, yeah. you know, with different, different goals and objectives. So just kind of getting into the topic of the top myths of hiring and working with a PR agency. Um, this one, actually, this is what got me kind of started on this whole little bit of a rant therapy session here mm-hmm. is um, we were on a call with, um, with somebody and um, it was a New York agency and just talking about how New York and I, we hear this all the time. How, all
1: the time. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> if you're based in New York, you have all the connections and New York agencies are better qualified because geographically where they're located, the connections they have Madison Avenue address means madison avenue results which is in my opinion a complete myth
1: yeah agreed and i think that you know new york pr agencies are who they are for a reason obviously um and they definitely serve a purpose but that purpose is not for everybody um and you know go sometimes going with a smaller agency with a boutique agency can provide you the type of attention that you need to gain the publicity and the buzz that you're trying to create around your brand.
0: Definitely. And I mean, like you said, nothing against New York agencies, there's great New York agencies for sure, but by being located in New York, it really isn't going to make that much of a difference. You're probably going to end up paying more because just in general, that's been, you know, the trend is if you hire somebody an agency out of New York, you're going to pay more. Um, But in today's world, especially now with COVID, um, working remote is more of the thing. And probably there's not a lot of PR agencies that are actually working on Madison Avenue as we speak. So I think they're still gonna be able to do their job. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I'm I agree. And I don't think that, you know, the the brick and mortar PR agency is like a staple in our industry. You know, it's it's not like you see people just walking into a PR agency office every other day getting their You know, getting their services from um, the PR agent that they hire. So a lot of the work that we do, like you said, it's it's virtual. It's you know online. It's on the phone. Um, It's not even about like where you're physically located. Um, You could be you know on Madison Avenue in New York, but you're working with journalists all over the country, sometimes all over the world. Yeah. So I, I don't think that, I think that kind of clout that's automatically associated with a New York or an LA PR agency um, is just, it's just media hype.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think also, you know, the days of being able to walk down the hall and knock on a door and talk right. to an editor are a little bit behind us just because of the day and age that we're in and modern day public relations is, you know, it's a combination. It, it, it does include relationships, but it also includes making sure that you can connect the right journalist with the right story. And journalists, you can't pick up the phone anymore and, and just yeah. call them. Like that the days of, um, you know, being able to cold call are pretty much over. Yeah. And
1: I mean, the number of freelance journalists that are out there has like quadrupled. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's, It's not even about going straight to the editor, but it's finding the right writers who have those relationships with the different publications and who can shop those stories around for you.
0: Definitely, definitely. So that was our first myth that we wanted to kind of clear up. Um, This next one, um, this is actually the second thing that got me started to put this episode together. So Sarah Evans, who we love, Mm-hmm. Um, she posted something on her LinkedIn, um, and it talks about when PR reaches out with a media opportunity, um, what happens is, and our clients don't understand the urgency that there needs to be to respond yeah and how how much we can lose opportunities for media ops if it's not responded, almost like in real time
1: yeah yeah, I think um, I mean, we live in a digital age. Stories are being pushed by the click of a button um, and moving so fast that in order to, you know, capitalize on that and have your voice and your opinion heard, you have to be able to respond just as quickly. Um, And sometimes there's no like concrete margin as far as like, you know, how long is too long. But typically, I think for us, you know, rule of thumb is the sooner the better um the sooner you can get a response in the better the opportunity you have better chance you have for making those deadlines these guys work on very very quick deadlines especially if it's you know timely topics timely newsworthy things they need a response asap in order to beat that story before anybody else does
0: right and maybe it's not even beat the story but they're just trying to get their their story done and they're looking for sources and I mean I'm pretty sure there is um there was a a survey or a, st- a statistic that this was what more for the horrors or the media apps that we get. Yeah. Uh, they might the media might say oh we 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 have a couple days for you to respond but the truth is is the ones that respond the quickest get into the story and then the journalist is done by the time he, the journalist might say oh my deadline is you know in 2 days mm-hmm. the next day he's already done with the story. So I mean if we're looking for like specific like turnaround time, you know, 15 minutes to an hour would be the best advice that if you're trying to work with a PR agency and they have a media app, drop everything and do it and just respond and you'll get, you'll help them get better results. Yeah, I think from
1: the jump, you know, when you bring on um, a PR agency to help you expand your buzz, one thing that you really have to consider is keeping an open line of communications because when those opportunities come up you don't want to miss them.
0: Yeah. And just in this um you know some of the other PR professionals chimed in to Sarah Evans when she posted about this on her LinkedIn and I think on Twitter just that you know we can attest to this so many great opportunities have been have, have not been secured or have died yeah. because the client doesn't respond in a timely manner.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and especially with hair, I was like, you have to consider those go up and you're probably getting anywhere between like tens to hundreds of responses, mm-hmm. um, you know, within the first couple of hours. So the sooner you respond, you know, you have a,
0: a better chance of standing out. Yes, definitely. And one action item that you can do, and we do this whenever we can, is just creating a bank of Pre-approved quotes on different topics that might come out um, from a, a might be, maybe sure. there. Yeah, so you know, just look at all the different potential uh, types of articles that you're pitching, and just come up with crafted pre-approved quotes that you can at least flip over to the journalist, mm-hmm. and then they might come back for more and, and want maybe want to be expanded on. Absolutely. Yeah, so that that's one being being super timely. So um, another myth um, is PR only, public relations only impacts top of funnel, right? <laughs> Which it does impact the top of funnel. It is it is definitely for awareness, but it also has a place in ba- basically like each part of the funnel. What do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think you know public relations is really about building credibility and, you know, maintaining your reputation. Right. And that, um, that's something that's woven throughout from the bottom up.
0: Yeah. And I also, I mean, work, we, we're very unique the way that we work at the buyer group because we understand the whole funnel and basically Mm -hmm. what the new funnel looks like is the customers in the middle. Um, But we understand all the stages of the funnel and we look and see how we can work public relations into the top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, so that it's getting, you're getting the most out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and reaching
1: every audience that you can. Yes. Yeah. You know, certain topics, certain, you know, types of content function well with certain audiences and being able to leave a PR imprint at each stage is super important.
0: Yeah, so I'll just give one example of what we've done with clients before for bottom of funnel type of, um, or even middle of funnel, more middle of funnel. But, you know, when we'll have a client get um, booked on a podcast, let's say, and we want put, to put together just a little gift to the audience so that we can, um, you know, mm-hmm. get more than just the podcast interview. We might want to get, you know, build an email address that we can use to then remarket to um so creating some sort of a um a free gift whether it's a guide that they have to download with a with an email address um add their email dr- email address to download a guide you know and just mentioning that at the end hey visit you know the slash vip and mm-hmm. you know download this you know free version of um you know special version of social pr secrets i'm just using that as an example For we sure. actually don't have that
1: <laughs> but i mean but it's a great concept like who doesn't love a free gift first of all (laughs) everybody loves free stuff and it just it's a great value for people who you know might not instinctively be your customer or your audience you know and you've taken that extra step to kind of solidify yourself and and bring them back to
0: you Yes. Yes. And this actually reminds me of another PR myth that we didn't really write down, but now I just thought of it is, um, you know, that like we get these public relations opportunities. So these editorial opportunities to be included in maybe a roundup or included in this. And usually when you start a PR campaign, if a client or brand hasn't had any publicity at all, and we're just really starting from the ground up, there's, there's no such thing as a bad opportunity. Right. Right? And you're going to get these like, you know, smaller bloggers, but you know, Hey, they're, they're media outlets too. And they might have a small audience, but they might, their audience might be super qualified. And we've had clients, um, together that have been like, no, that's not really good for us. We're going to pass on that. And it's not the (laughs) time. It's not the right time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Maybe in three months. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. In three Um.
1: months i know that's like one of the most it grinds my gears right um so i I think that there's there's something to be said when it comes to like grassroots pr right like finding those micro bloggers those smaller outlets that may not have a huge audience but their audience is super loyal and you know they'll take what these guys say as like Bible, it's truth to them. And that kind of value when it comes to public relations, like that's a goldmine for us. And not to mention the SEO value that you get from it. So one of the things that, you know, we focus on specifically for our clients is amplifying their web crawl um, and getting them those backlinks. And starting, you know, at the bottom level, starting with those low hanging fruit, when people start Googling you, they're going to see that there's some editorial write-ups about you. It might not be cosmopolitan or something huge that you expected right off the bat, but it's an editorial nonetheless.
0: Definitely. And it's a, it's a positive search result. And it's showing up in the Google search, which is, you know, one of the goals for sure that, that we look for. And um, you know, brands might not realize that, part of the public relations strategy should be asking for that link. If you're going to be quoted in a story and they're going to, oh, yeah. you know, half the time, you know, it's, you just assume, Oh, well, if the journalist didn't put it in, there's nothing we can do, but there actually is, you know, you could, yeah. you could ask for it. And they don't always say yes, they don't always do it, but it's worth the ask. It's definitely yeah. worth the ask. Cause it's not only going to help from an SEO standpoint, but it'll also give an easy way for someone reading that article to click through that link and send high quality referring traffic to your website.
1: For sure. I think most of the times that I've had to go back and ask a journalist like, hey, can you add this link in or can you fix this link for me? Like nine out of 10 times, they're pretty responsive. It does no harm to them, you know, so. Yes, definitely.
0: Um, So one one of the other PR myths that we have here is that public relations equals press releases. Oh, yes. What do you have to say (laughs) to that, Jess?
1: Um, So I can't tell you. I have I've had so many people reach out saying, you know, hey, I I need some PR work done. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, what are you thinking? And their first thing is, well, I need a press release, obviously. Um, Press releases are great and they're definitely a staple in what we do. Right. When it comes to launches and announcements, it keeps the media informed um, and they have very strong value for sure but it's not the only thing that we do (laughs) there's so much more to um public relations and i think like i said earlier it's it's about relationships it's about building credibility and um although press releases are a part of the strategy it's just one piece um the overall strategy is a lot more complex and there's a lot more moving parts that are happening that
0: help the press release be successful and do its job. You said something very interesting. So it's all about relationships and that's something that we get that all the time. Well, you have relationships with all of these editors, right? Um, and so it, it's all about relationships, but the relationship is with Google. The relationship mm-hmm. is with social media. The relationship mm-hmm. might be with um yes, with the, with the reporters, but you have to establish that relationship and it, it might not be, yeah, we know every editor, we don't have a relationship quote unquote with them, but that's not the end all be all. And it's the, it's, it's the journey of establishing relationships and with all of those different media outlets, including the brand's Mm -hmm. own media outlets. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I think that a common misconception is, you know, um, I'm hiring a publicist or a PR agency. They're going to write my press release and then they're going to talk about it over coffee with all of these editors. And that's not always the case. Um, it's, you know, building relationships is a day to day thing. And, um, it's, it's really about, they're the gatekeepers, but you know, you're the one with the golden information. So it's finding the right people at the right time. And, um, constantly looking for new opportunities for your client.
0: And it's not a, it's not a slam dunk overnight thing. I think that's the other, you know, point that is a misconception or a myth is we do, you know, part of our strategy is we recommend one press release a month and we have an editorial calendar. And if you don't have one, create an editorial calendar theme out each month. And, you know, we use that as, as the basis, but something that we are working on today we might not see a result of that until two or three months from now. Yeah. Four months from now. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've seen journalists come back around on a story like half a year later Mm -hmm. and um, with the same enthusiasm as they would have had like the day of launch. Right. But it's, it's definitely PR is a long play. It's, it's not something that, you know, you put a ticket in and you get a ticket out it's just not how it works um especially if you're a brand that is launching if you're you know someone that maybe you don't have a online presence or you know any media buzz established um those things take time <laughs> people forget it. it takes time
0: yes and sometimes you know the the journalist will they'll get the email I do this when I get emails, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's like really good. I'm going to like come back to that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll save it, but I might not respond to the person that sent it to me, especially Mm -hmm. like if you just think about we're basically sales agents selling stuff to the PR, to the, to the journalists. So they're getting a lot of sales types of emails from other PR professionals and brands, and they, they they just can't possibly respond to them all. Uh, So the whole strategy of having one press release a month, doing outreach every month on a different topic, we're just, that is building the relationship. And some months there might not be, you know, really any results other than the media outreach was done and that brand awareness went out there. We don't really have a story to show or a media mention. Then three months later, we'll get like five or six.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've seen it happen. And sometimes, no response is not a no.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and I think you know one thing as PR professionals we we grow used to a lot of silence Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you can send out a hundred pitches and maybe only hear back from one journalist and Mm -hmm. um I mean that'll make your week Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you get a response from one journalist (laughs) (laughs) but like you said a lot of them they just you know they don't have time to respond right away it might not fit into their immediate you know editorial calendar but it you know it could fit in somewhere later down the line and it just goes back to building those relationships you know staying present letting them know like hey you know this is what's happening here's an update just in case um sometimes it'll circle back around
0: definitely we've seen that happen so just mm-hmm. underlying your point that pr is a long play and the results that of what you're doing today you might not see it for a couple months or even a year yeah and what about this myth Traditional public relations is dead. I hear that all the time. I feel like that's such a
1: clickbait headline. Um, So when we think traditional PR, I think most people think, you know, newspapers or magazine articles. articles. Yeah, print, um, which, you know, it's an industry that's dealing with its own issues, (laughs) but it still exists. And the good thing is that what's traditional now is digital. You know, that's it's just shifting. It's not a matter of extinction. Um, these magazines have moved online. You, there's a lot of journalists out there that are writing for online publications. A lot of these magazines have you know microblogs and micro publications under their you know big corporate umbrellas that are still putting out quality content. Um, so yeah, that's a super myth. <laughs> I don't think it's dead. I just think that it's evolved. Um, it's, it's just, it looks different than it did
0: 30 yeah, years it's, ago. It's kind of like the the clickbait headline SEO is dead. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. makes yeah. No sense. No, I, it's just, I mean, like anything else it's evolving, it's advancing, and it's just about keeping up with it. I mean, magazines, are not functioning like they used to, but they still have an audience. They still, for the most part, have a presence online. So there's still an opportunity there, um, and it's still the same process. You're still, you know, reaching out to editors, reaching out to journalists. It's just a different uh, distribution platform.
0: Yes, yes, and I think you know part of it, and I write about it in Social PR Secrets, is that um, traditional PR. There's a place for it, and yeah. it, know i would classify traditional pr today as more like media outreach that you're you know the media outreach process of public relations which is important yeah but using and leveraging social media your own social media channels and influencers and seo Mm -hmm. are all these layers modern pr layers that that have a place on top of traditional pr for sure Okay, so moving on to this next myth. So public relations positions are not remote.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have been freelanced and remote for quite a while now, um, a few years. And that's such a lie. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that, you know, that work in agencies, you know, bigger agencies that work remotely a majority of the time, actually. So,
0: Yeah another big myth, not yeah. true.
1: <laughs> We're yeah. all over the place.
0: I think, um, I think COVID basically broke that yes. myth, you know, and just made not just PR agencies and ad agencies and Anybody. Um, right. Like every, uh, you know, from Facebook to Twitter to LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, their staff, everybody didn't think it didn't, they didn't think it was possible to work remote. And now everybody is pretty much being, you know, mm-hmm. as efficient, if not more, and maybe a little bit happier working remote. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like everybody's taken a step into our world. Right, <laughs> you <know>? exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about this myth? PR is the same as advertising? Oh, man. Um,
1: that's another one that I've heard a lot in marketing, right? Yeah, so- the same as P- yep. I like to call PR um, the, the middle child that always gets overlooked and misunderstood, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> between advertising and marketing, mm-hmm. and um, although they work hand in hand, for sure, um, it's very important that when you hire a public relations agency or a publicist that you know that they're going to be working hand in hand with those channels, right? Because it's, at the end of the day, it's all messaging and they all have to align but the function itself is totally different. Advertising is saying buy my product, buy my service, Um, you know, trust me. And PR is getting a third party, someone else, someone outside of your scope saying buy this product, buy this service, trust them. And that has such, I think that's got weighted value compared to saying like buy my, my product. Um, I found this really insightful um, piece of knowledge that said 70% of consumers would rather get to know a company through articles versus advertisements, which is really interesting considering, you know, the amount of advertisements that you see just like on a day to day through social, through, you know, articles online. Um, But the value is really in having someone else say, Hey, this is a great idea, person, product, concept versus advertising, which is, you know, you're kind of tooting your own horn, which has its place. It has its value. Um, but they're separate functions for sure
0: that work hand in hand. Definitely. Definitely. And, and another part of that could be um, just being a, a guest author in a publication, guest yeah. post- and even though it's you or maybe your CEO is writing um, the story as, as, um, as a bylined article, right. you know, that is also considered uh, credibility and this, this person must be an expert that works for this company and that just gives that company that much more credibility and it is viewed as, as earned media.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or you use, yeah, using the earned media that you get as advertisements exactly you know, yeah as seen on you know those are really really big powerful words that every
0: brand wants to be able to use right and it doesn't even have to be as seen on forbes or right. as seen on entrepreneur or as seen on you know in style magazine which those yeah. are all great but it could be as seen on you know celebration life you know the local local mm-hmm. paper or whatever um Here's another one that's the same like kind of like ties into advertising is that we'll work with clients or we'll start working with the client oh you know what is your monthly spend on on digital advertising oh 100k 100,000 okay great what's your pr budget oh we don't really have a pr budget uh-huh. we we can't really we can't really afford pr like okay mm-hmm. yeah. well how about take Ten thousand off your advertising budget and put it towards pr yeah um and your advertising you'll have you know the two will work hand in hand and you'll be much more optimized but i mean we get that all the time even with us with seo too if you if you did a a survey with cmos or ceos or entrepreneurs like how important on a scale of one to ten is public relations and seo 10, it's a 10, mm-hmm. oh, on a scale of one to 10, how important is your digital advertising? 10, okay, right. what percentage of your budget are you spending on advertising? 90%, mm-hmm. what percentage of your budget are you spending on SEO and public relations? Like some of them say zero, but yeah. you know, it's just crazy how they consider it very important, but they don't put any budget towards it.
1: Yeah, we see this time and time again. And I think that, you know, what I try to tell clients is establish your credibility first before you start spending ad dollars, because you know, I might see an ad, but if there's no, you know, story behind it or, you know, reviews behind it or things that I can kind of look up in my research, I'm probably just going to say, okay, great ad move along. Um, when you have that credibility established, you've got those third party endorsements, those advertisements will go way farther and your dollars will be put to better use.
0: 100%, 100%. Okay, what's the next myth that we should talk about, Jess? I let's talk about this
1: um the timing okay. for testing out PR. I like this one. Yes,
0: yes. Let's let's do a 3-month <laughs> trial on PR. What do you think?
1: <laughs> um right, because it's like a it's like a makeup product. I just want to make sure it works. Um, this is hilarious to me. Um, as we mentioned earlier, PR is a long play. It Three months for, for me, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, three months is like strategy period. That's like, you know, getting to know the brand, getting into the nitty gritty of everything, figuring out the best way to, you know, go into war, right? Like you want to... Take that time to build momentum. Three months is not, it's not enough time to issue out a campaign and expect like top tier results. It's just, unless not, you're like not Beyonce, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. it's just, you just don't have, it, it takes way longer than that to build that kind of credibility. Um, I think that, you know, the best advice you can give people who are looking to hire someone in PR is to plan ahead. You know, if you're bringing someone on for PR, I mean, try to establish a relationship with a public relations agency that you know is going to last at least a year um, to give you both enough time to build that momentum and grow the campaigns.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, the three-month thing is just, it's not realistic. We get yeah. it all the time. So we want to just try it out for three months and see how it goes. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> You know, what the, and I understand also as a business owner, you know, waiting three months to figure out if some, how something's working just seems like, you know, like it's painful to think that, you yeah. know, if you're, so what, so our approach is that we do strategy and we do activation at the same time so that we, we really focus on, okay, what's the lowest hanging fruit? Mm -hmm. so that we can get some small wins and, you know, get the confidence of the client um, going. Right. But it really, I, in my opinion, public relations needs to be like you said, long play, but forever. So it's not, it's not like, okay, let's, let's, let's even take this for 12 months and see what happened. The Mm -hmm. the reason why something would fail in 12 months, or you'd want to pull the plug on something in 12 months would be, uh, Possibly that there's an issue like the the chemistry with the agency. Right. You're not, you don't know, you're not interacting with the agency enough for the agency to do their job. So maybe you need to create more time for yourself. Um, Or there's issues with the company that have nothing to do with public relations that, you know, Mm -hmm. they just have to switch, switch gears. Um, But nine times out of 10, it just needs to be one of those staple parts of a marketing program yeah, that is never not there it's it's yeah. like it's like the you know it's a marriage yeah it's, it's a like <laughs> it's like it's like okay we're gonna do this business and not have wi-fi you know right. like <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's the it, connectivity it's
1: an, no yeah that's a brilliant way to put it it's an integral part of your business your brand it's not one of those things that you're like okay i'm gonna bring on pr and it's gonna it's gonna either change the game or it's not right like that's you wouldn't do that with an accountant or, you know, you know, your CFO, you wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to bring somebody to manage the books, but just for a couple of months. And then, you know, from there, we'll just let it, you know, do
0: its own thing. That's just,
1: it's just not, it's not logical when it comes like from a business standpoint, it's not logical.
0: Yeah. And I think that brings me to that. Just, you know, if you are hiring a PR agency, if you don't have PR already, that you make sure that you educate yourself first. Yeah. Whoever's working with the PR agency has to understand the fundamentals of public relations and what it, what it, the process looks like, have realistic expectations Mm -hmm. and be able to choose a partner that is going to have good chemistry and it's a trusted source and, you know, Mm -hmm. reliable and knows what they're doing and isn't going to, because let's face it, there are PR agencies that out there that are out there that give us a bad name that, yeah. yeah, Sign up for huge retainers and yeah. six month commitments and yeah. they assign very low, you know, low, low deliverables, yeah. Yeah. Low, low deliverables, but also like they're assigning juniors to yeah. the account and you don't really know that. And it's, it's, you know, PR takes experience to yeah. be able to, to deliver with what we're talking about today. And I would say, I would, you know,
1: also say find an agency or, you know, an agent that gets your brand you know that's not just doing it as another campaign project you know this isn't it's not like a recycled process every brand is unique every story is unique and it needs to be treated as such so you know try to find someone chemistry is really important Um, Mm -hmm. find someone who understands your mission and Mm -hmm. that that
0: alignment
1: will it'll create a fruitful relationship between both of you
0: Definitely. Definitely. So if there's passion, if yeah. there's chemistry and there, there's like a, a, um, um, a fit with the culture also, yeah, I think exactly. it's super important for sure. So that brings us to our next public relations myth about, um, this is client communications. So breakdowns in communication in our world don't really happen. I mean, we try to be as proactive as possible, but when clients don't interact and engage with us, that's when our job becomes almost impossible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so in a sense you know as a public relations professional our job is to take our lane and own it absolutely but we can only only own it when we have an open line of communication with you know whether it's a c-level person for the brand or someone who's just responsible for making sure that any updates any information that needs to be disseminated is communicated to us Um, and that's where a lot of a lot of things fall through Um, you know we're in the business of communication so i feel like for us it's a little bit more it's kind of almost innate right you know it's in our blood to communicate constantly and um, keep people in the loop and that's just what we do it's our business most business owners and brands that we work with, it's not necessarily the same case. So I think for sure from the jump, you know, create an expectation of, you know, whether it's scheduling weekly calls or uh, making sure that, you know, at the end of the week, there's an email exchange with any updates um, or having, you know, one person's cell phone number to just, if you have to text them in an emergency or get a quote or something last minute, being able to have access to someone who you can communicate with um, is critical
0: because if not, how do you expect us to do our jobs? <laughs> yeah, yes. And so just some check boxes that, you know, if you're working with a peer agency or thinking of one and how we do it is we have um, a rolling agenda. We do a monthly report, but in between the monthly reports, we'll have either weekly calls or biweekly calls where it's very organized and we try to be very efficient Um, but what's important for the client side that sometimes we don't always get and is that we need to know what's going on behind the brand. We need to know news. We need to know developments. We need to know in real time, like anything that could possibly be newsworthy so we could start working on it as as quickly as possible, or if there's problems or if there's, you know, good things that happen. So we need to be communicated with. And, um, you know, I'm just going to mention this one example where, we found out about a product launch um, because we were on the email list of one of our right. clients. So you don't want your PR agency to find out news because they're subscribing to your email list. You want your PR agency to be informed so they can help optimize the whole communication process and you know, be able to even give journalists a heads up before the email goes out to all the customers about, about the new product. Yeah. And guide you through that announcement process too.
1: Um, yeah, that's like a heart sinking moment when that happens. Um, right.
0: Right. Or to find out about it on a social media post, yeah. to follow, to follow your client on Instagram and you see something on their Instagram, you're like, Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> that, that one hurt <laughs>
0: Thanks sure. for the heads up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I, I think that the best advice that I could give is just consider your PR agency as a part of your executive round table, Mm -hmm. right? You know, they, they should be involved in those high level processes um, because public relations isn't just always, you know, that external communication. Sometimes it's guiding internal communications too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important to have them ingrained into your business. You know, it's, it's not, it's not just like a, external you know uh, like freelancer kind of thing it's someone who's
0: going to come in and
1: really help you run the communications aspect
0: definitely and whether it's public relations and you know we we offer digital marketing services as well so it might be you know other types of services but but your agency whatever that agency is pr digital should be embedded in your 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 boardroom you know marketing team and you know, so that all of the different roles within the company are, are interacting and, you know, may might have a perspective that is an important perspective that would help help the agency. For sure. Like whether it's customer service or operations, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, bringing in, you know, SEO and PPC to hear some of these, it, it's super helpful. Agreed. Okay. So I don't know if this is the last one, but this is another one. Um, Our public relations myth is not to set it and forget it. So hire a PR agency and then, oh, that's the magic bullet.
1: Right. Yeah. You'll check in in six months and you'll have your um, Forbes interview lined up. (laughs) No, it's, uh, yeah, it's not an automated process. I mean, um, any, I think any job, any any industry that involves human relations right like that's just not something that you can automate um which is brilliant because you know hey at least our jobs won't be taken over by computers anytime soon so (laughs) but but really I mean it's you've got to have check-ins I think you know one thing that we've always kind of made a priority for us is creating those checkpoints with our clients, you know, whether it's a, a bi-weekly check-in or, you know, the monthly report, there's always an opportunity to say like, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what we need from you. Here's what's going to happen moving forward. Yeah. And yeah. it changes, you know, those things change from month to month, week to week. Um, you have to be able to stay on that pulse. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I found a couple others and Jess, this is actually one of yours your PR myths. So you have to be a celebrity or a fortune 500 corporation to reap the benefits of PR. I love that one.
1: (laughs) I, yeah. So, and this is, that kind of goes back to the whole, like, Oh, you need a New York level agency, right? There are so many great boutique agencies. There are so many great freelancers, you know, public publicists out there. Um, it really depends on what your brand is, what your brand values are and who your target audience is, um, but that's not to say like you have to be a five-star celebrity or you know a Fortune 500 company to need a public relations agency on your side. Um, that's just that's fake news, if I could say it any other way.
0: yeah. <laughs> And you can just educate yourself. If you're a small company, you can educate yourself on public relations. There's a bunch of books, like my book, Social PR Secrets, um, covers a lot of different mm-hmm. um, perspectives on blending PR with social media, with SEO. But I also love the book, Free PR. Cameron Herald yeah. is, yeah. So that is actually a really good read. If you don't know anything about public relations and you just want to get the basics, I really, I highly recommend that book. And you can start small, you know, mm-hmm. You can, you can start in little baby steps in, in PR and actually journalists like the underdog small companies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, it gives them, you know, the, an edge, they've, you know, they can jump on something before it pops off. Right. <laughs> and there are agencies that specialize in that, you know, they've, they work with the underdogs. Yes. just Specifically. So they know which avenues to take, which, you know, grassroots approach to take to, get them the level of publicity that will reach their target audience. So, um, yeah, don't, you don't need to be Beyonce. You can, (laughs) you know, you can be working on your mixtape and still utilize a public
0: relations agency. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, here's another one PR, another myth. PR professionals are essentially spin doctors and only work in crisis situations.
1: Yeah. Um, I blame television for that. <laughs> I feel like we're constantly like depicted as, you know, you you either get like the Sam- Samantha Jones persona, right? Sex and the mm-hmm. City, where you're an event planner and all you do is you go to parties and drink martinis and walk down red carpets. Mm-hmm. Um, so false. <laughs> or, you know, you're out there, you know, cleaning up these huge messes and you know, picking up scandals and stuff like that. And although having a crisis management plan and having someone um, who can focus on PR in those situations is super important, you don't want to wait for that moment. You don't want to wait for that crisis situation, for that big slip-up to happen. Um, because like we mentioned several times, it's a strategy. It's, it takes time. And those are the kind of things that you want to have an agency ready and prepared for. Um, But it's not our only job. And I hate the term spin doctors because I feel like it makes us sound so grimy. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: I think that any good PR agency, any, you know, moral PR agency is going to really focus on really putting the truth out there, right? And putting it out there in a way that resonates and sets you apart, um but yeah that one's a funny one to me i think that's hilarious
0: it reminds me the whole crisis situation crisis communication it reminds me of something that we're working on together right now for a client and that's on reputation management um looking at reviews and being proactive with your outreach and getting positive reviews and i mean it's similar to to public relations in the sense that we're trying to get as much positive news as possible um before not before but if you have positive news built up and you have positive reviews built up and you have positive search results in google search um you know google page one and something bad happens you've got this like little protected bubble yeah. um around you of hey this company you know if or if that's the only search result you have is now the negative one because you haven't done anything proactive ever then right that's, that's going to be your one Google search result, the top Google search result for a long time.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of, you know, people, a lot of companies come and say, Hey, my first priority is getting rid of these negative reviews. Exactly. Right. Like they want a magic eraser to Mm -hmm. wipe them out. And that's just unfortunately not always the case. You can't just wipe out a negative review. Um, it's but, actually going
0: to cost a lot more for an unknown outcome. There, yep. There's no real like a hundred percent way to get rid of negative search results or negative stories. And even if they're just negative SEO and somebody is purposely trying to do something like to call Google and say, hey, take this down. This is false. Even if it is false, it's like, somebody sues you, you have to hire a lawyer, even if you do anything wrong, you know, and it's going to cost you money. So better to spend that money proactively on positivity and, and protect yourself almost like, almost like an insurance policy.
1: For sure. That's a good way to put it. Yep.
0: Yeah. So lastly, um, we get this all the time. And it's the myth of um, public relations is not measurable. So let's just talk about some ways that we can we measure public relations and 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 it's not just a one size fits all
1: no for sure there's like we started at the beginning there's so many different avenues of pr right so that means there's so many different ways to measure it um, so you know unlike advertising where you things are pretty cut and clear For public relations, we're normally looking at media pickups, obviously, is a big one, right? You know, how many media mentions, quality media mentions are we able to acquire for the client? Um, But it's also things like speaking engagements, you know, um, interviews, guest articles, anywhere that we can kind of place a face or a voice um, is something that we're looking for when it comes to reporting to the client.
0: Yeah, and I love to look at Google Analytics to see what traffic was sent from a, let's just say we did a press release and we always put the link back to the website, the Mm -hmm. page on the website that makes a difference. So quality traffic to the website from these referring media sites. So maybe it's an article in an industry publication, you know, what kind of traffic came from that article? And it's typically not a huge quantity, so it's not, but it is quality and that might be their first interaction. Um, and another thing that isn't in it 's not in all of our p r strategies, but we like to do um for example maybe a monthly facebook live with the c e o or
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know something of something equivalent to that where we can be the media. So we're going to, you know, put out the schedule, Hey, watch for, you know, the CEO of our client is going to be on the brand's channel and they're going to be answering questions, ask them anything about whatever the the topic is. And, you know, you can put paid behind it and get more exposure that the CEO is going to be talking making an announcement or answering questions. And, um, you know, that's one way that will also attract media. When they see the CEO is on a Facebook Live, it's an opportunity for the media to see, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good on camera. If we invite him to be, you know, maybe on one of our podcasts or this is how he answers questions, he seems likable, you know, we're going to put him on our list when we're doing a story on XYZ and interview him or her.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think another area is like content development. You know, thought leadership is something that you brought up. Mm-hmm. creating that voice as an authority in your industry, no matter what it is. Um, it might not be, that might not be a third party, you know, advocacy, but it still places you, it increases your your visibility and it places
0: you as someone who knows what they're talking about.
1: Um, and that's huge for PR. Yeah.
0: And I, I think this is something that is a miss that it, for us, is just part of our part of our process is when we do get media coverage, it just doesn't stop that day. We take it and we turn it into our own type of story. We'll maybe make a video story of it. We'll make Mm -hmm. uh, maybe an image of it. Um, And we put it as part of our social media um, management, social media content process throughout the next year. Like it doesn't end. So that we're always letting our audience know, Oh, Hey, did you see this article that our CEO was, was interviewed in and, the beverage journal or, or whatever it might be. And, you know, for somebody that's new to the channel, new to, you know, new follower, let's just say on a Facebook page or new to, you know, following them on their Instagram, then, you know, they didn't see it six months ago and they're like, wow, that's so cool that they've been featured in this media outlet. It's just a way to keep it going. For sure. So I don't know, Jess, what do you think? Are you going to get through?
1: Did we get through (laughs) There's (laughs) so
0: many. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Public relations is a thankless job, right? (laughs) What are we doing in this industry? No, I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) I know. You know, I had a client once tell me, like, this is when I first started freelancing, um, who tried to tell me what my job was, right? And said that essentially my job is throwing crap at a wall and hoping that it sticks. (laughs) And that has stuck with me ever since because i was like you could not be more wrong (laughs) there's yeah I, i don't know where like how that misconception came about um or you know what awful publicist decades ago did a crappy job to make people think that that's the case but no i mean it's I mean, we're chess players. Yeah. This is, it's a strategy game yeah. for sure. And it's, it's constantly changing.
0: Yeah. It's a strategy. It's a communication game. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's almost like a cold calling, you know, sales mm-hmm. type of um, process that we have to go through. Not always, but it's, you know, when you get those wins, when you get those hits for the client, it's, that moment makes everything rewarding and you for forget sure. that you forget all the pain that you've gone through and all these myths that we're talking about
1: if anything i think that we're you know a, a lot of brands and clients rely on us to think outside of the box mm-hmm. you know we have to be able to think in a way that you know your executive team might not be thinking um so if anything if we're using more brain power than anybody
0: <laughs> yes yes we are for sure So I just thought of like one, this is not a myth. This is actually for real. I did a article and a whole webinar about augmented reality and virtual reality and Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence for public relations and just something for everyone listening to this is, this is for real that um, we didn't really get into talking about influencer marketing too much, but um, so through virtual reality and artificial, artificial intelligence, you can actually create a virtual being that could be your influencer so you can create the perfect virtual being that could act as your company spokesperson or 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 influencer and that's something that not a lot of brands are doing um Kentucky Fried Chicken did it like very lightly um Deepak Chopra just created his virtual being Dickie Yes.
1: I've got to check that out.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) um, so he can be two places at once and you can actually talk to Deepak and do a meditation with the virtual version of Deepak. Um, So we might be getting some virtual help. (laughs) Um, That would be so cool.
1: I mean, it's, it's crazy to see um, how much this has expanded. Um, And I know like you're super kind of into the whole AR VR thing. Um, I haven't done I don't have much experience with it not as much as you do but I'm seeing it pop up more and more and more so yeah
0: so I guess we could say the myth is that the myth is that AR and VR do not have a place in public relations that is a Mm -hmm. myth
1: yeah
0: for sure and stay tuned for that well any last words of wisdom I think we've covered a lot of um I think we, I think we did a good job. I definitely
1: feel like a weight has been lifted now that <laughs> I've gotten. <laughs> like I said earlier, it felt like a, a therapy session <laughs> yeah. to be able to to hit through all of these misconceptions. But if if anything, I just hope people, you know, take away from this that um, with a better understanding of what PR is, the many things that it is, <laughs> and you know, it's it's not a one size fit all. Um, situation, and appreciate your public relations, you know, team, they're, they're, you know, it's not a, it's not a nine to five job. We don't work a nine to five job. It's a 24 hour gig for sure. I mean, we are on call all the time. Um, So appreciate your PR people, because they're, they're at bat for you all the time.
0: That's true. I'm just going to say this to protect us though. So (laughs) this has been super cleansing, but as PR professionals, we also have to protect our boundaries. (laughs) So don't take advantage of your, of your PR team either. Um, because you know, we're, we're definitely having one eye on, um, you know, text messages and emails and opportunities. Um, so you definitely don't want to abuse what we're already having to, to do but this was great. And if you um, are listening to this and you want to reach out to Jess or to me, you can um, follow me at Lisa Bayer on Instagram, on Twitter. If you want to DM us for any comments or things that you might want to add, because I think we're turning this into an article, we'd love mm-hmm. to hear your feedback. And Jess, you want to give, where, where can people follow you?
1: Yeah, you can follow me. I'm at Jess Raphael PR on all channels. So Give me a follow. And I would love to hear some other PR professionals um, what myths they've had to bust in their careers. Because I'm sure, like, we've covered so many, but I'm sure there's, like, a bunch more.
0: Yeah. And um, it just made me think of also, like, as hard as it is to be a public relations professional, it's, I think it's more difficult to be a journalist um, in some ways because, you know, they're being bombarded with oh yeah. pitches. I, and
1: have, I have so much respect for the for the journalist. Yeah, I, do. I, know.
0: I don't know if I would be a nice journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be a very I do a lot of meditation.
1: <laughs> I mean, I like, I could not imagine my inbox. Yeah, I feel like my inbox as itself is just like, a madhouse. I can't imagine being hit by like hundreds of PR professionals every single day with a new story. So,
0: yeah. Well, it just made me think of one other thing. So, I was on a webinar about pitching, um, and it was a New York New York Times travel editor was giving her her tips to publicists on pitching. And when she was doing this, she did a screen share and she showed her inbox and her system of what what she does. And she she had it was way over a million unread messages in her inbox she said she doesn't delete anything because she saves it all because she might want to go back so she you know one of her tips was we could do another whole episode on this but one of her tips was the subject line to make sure that it's searchable if somebody wants to go back and can't remember exactly your name they're gonna they'll remember the subject line Mm -hmm. but anyway basically the whole point is journalists don't delete anything from their inbox most of them and they if they do delete they delete they just delete everything until they find something that's interest, they're, they're interested in, like we, I hear both sides of it.:
1: yeah
0: it's a crazy job for sure. That's, that might need a whole episode
1: just yes the, from the we've covered PR now we yeah. need to move on to the journalist side, give them the give them the mic
0: for a little bit. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right, well, Jess, thank you so much. We went over an hour, and that oh was, my gosh. That, that was an amazing um, <laughs> therapy session for sure, social media yes. therapy session. All right, I thank you. Thank
1: you. Namaste. Namaste.